Hello and welcome to the Up Podcast. This is Louis Valletta. Thank you for taking a seat at the D Up table. As always, we have uh, a trade proposal I'm going to get to. Uh, we have uh, a Patrick Beverly moment I had uh, where I delivered some news to him that he did not know in South Beach, Miami of all places. And we have the playoffs to, to run through the, the abominable collapse of the Clippers and the rise of the Miami Heat. Uh, let's start out with the the fall of the almighty Clippers and the fallout. Uh, Doc Rivers obviously has been fired. Uh, he's signed with the Philadelphia 76ers right after. And this is all... And the rumblings are, are talking about uh, Doc being fired, not only because of the, uh, the, the bad Denver Nuggets series, but he was also fired uh, for the trouble that the Mavericks gave the Clippers in the playoffs. If you remember, Kristaps uh, Porzingis getting thrown out of the games and, and uh, getting hurt and, you know, uh, uh, bunch of negative factors for the Mavericks and the Mavericks pushed the, the Clippers to, to the brink uh, that is what's being said from some sources as the reason for Doc being fired now obviously the Denver series didn't help his case whatsoever and that is the Clippers losing to the Denver Nuggets out of you know just pure shock um, I'm a guy that sit here uh, one million times in the last year and told you the Clippers were going to win it all. Uh, I wasn't one of the only ones. And <clears throat> the reason for that collapse going over my talking points are, one, coaching. Doc Rivers was sorely outcoached by Mike Malone. Uh, that was very, very, it was seen after timeouts where uh, the Clippers usually will make a nice push, a very strong push. They didn't make that push after timeouts. And the Clippers are usually a great team within two minutes of the game, and that didn't—that wasn't shown. So, uh, Doc Rivers was out coached. That was uh, definitely a—I would say—30% of the problem. But you can't put the load all on the coach. There were some players who weren't committed, and that was Lou Williams. Obviously, we know the strip club incident with Lou Williams and his little sticky wings. <laughs> uh, we'd have to go over that. <clears throat> but Lou, Lou Williams uh, really put a poor output series and when they needed a bucket he didn't give it to them so uh, Lou Williams not being committed in the bubble is a, a talking point I've heard a lot of analysts put out there and I agree with that uh, my eye test uh, confirmed that Lou Williams was not Lou Williams in the series um, and and I'm talking about missing players guys going MIA the MIA King Paul George Playoff Paul. Paul George has been missing in that playoff bubble. And if you remember, like he had one that one good game. And and uh, they, the reporter came up to him after and said, Hey, um, you know, everybody's been on your case. Social media's been on your case and you you gave us a, a wonderful game. You know, you got us in. You 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 gave us the Paul George that we wanted. Paul George was talking that he was having some emotional issues in the bubble and didn't really elaborate on what they were, but obviously those emotional issues carried over into the Denver Nuggets series because he gave Kawhi absolutely no help. Kawhi was sitting out there on an island by himself fighting, clawing, and I feel that 
although Kawhi's performance in Game 7 wasn't to par at all, I, I believe that Paul George, for the bulk of that series, has gone missing, had gone missing, and um, he's about 30% of this as well. You know, the Lakers have AD and LeBron, and that's basically all they have, and they can win with those two. So the Clippers have such a filled-out roster and a wonderful roster that you would think that having just Paul George and Kawhi is enough. And not only that, they they got they have probably the best roster in the league on paper. And you got Paul and Kawhi. So if one of those guys doesn't show up, like if one of LeBron or AD doesn't show up, the Lakers will lose. Well, the Clippers will lose. And that's what happened. I, and, 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 and if you put all of these factors together, you can see the discord in the organization and you know, the, the thought of, oh, we got to shake things up. And that's firing Doc Rivers. Now, uh, this brings me to the proposed trade that I have. I think it's a wonderful idea. And you guys can write in and tell me if I'm wrong, stupid, and or whatever. And I, I only ran it by one of my friends before, uh, before I even um, spoke of it. And, and he said it would be a wonderful trade, and I trust him. And uh, if you hear this, again, it's not a rumor. I have proposed this because I think that the trade I'm about to tell you that the Clippers can make, can make them a championship contender next year and a favorite. And it will make the opposite team a top three team in the league. The team that they deal. And that's the team I'm going to tell you about right now, which is ironically the 76ers. Yes. So the team that Doc Rivers went to and was just hired by the Philadelphia 76ers, that team, I propose that the Clippers trade Paul George for Ben Simmons a little sweetener in there, you know, so it's Paul George and, and something else, you know, even out the deal. I don't know quite how the, the financials would work and what you would have to include besides Paul and Ben, but something very equivalent to a straight up swap of Ben and Paul. <clears throat> Reason being, the Clippers need a facilitator who is the, who, one of the best facilitators in the league and who fits the defensive culture of the Clippers. Ben Simmons, long, tall point guard who can deliver the ball to the shooters in the right way. I would say, I think that, um, what's his name? Uh, Lou Williams is a little old at 35. Um, to replace Lou Williams with another perimeter shooter, someone who could um, create his own shot but shoot from the perimeter, you know, off dishes from Ben Simmons. Um, ben would be a wonderful upgrade. Uh, to the Clippers and similar um, I don't think that I think everybody agrees that Ben Simmons can't play with Joel Embiid which makes this a good trade because there is uh, if you're going to have dysfunction no matter if Ben Simmons is a better player than Paul George or not it's not going to work and I believe that there's a lot of analysts including me out there that think that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid's games just don't go with each other. Um, he well, much more, you know, a team, a, a player can be a great player and still not fit on a team. And that's what I feel Ben and Paul have. They both, they both 
are not fit uh, well suited for their respective teams and that's why the trade works i am not trying to sit out here and tell you that paul george has some like magical powers uh, for next year and he's going to be better than ben simmons i just feel that they would fit each other's teams respective teams way better and that's why i've proposed the trade and before you start you know attacking that uh, just know that I'm not trying to make a case that Paul George is in any way better than Ben Simmons. And that's why, you know, you could throw in sweeteners and, and um, a draft pick or, or, or some other assets to make this thing more even. But I think both teams would benefit. I think the, the Philadelphia 76ers would, would extremely benefit from Paul George's services. And let's not forget, Paul George is a perimeter defender and can really play defense when when called upon. He can he can he can help that team out just like you know Ben was a long perimeter defender. Well, they're not losing anything by by uh, uh, hiring Paul George. Now that's considering that he's he's separated from all these emotional issues that he's saying that he's having because man Paul was getting George, uh, Paul George was getting beat on back doors uh, as a good of a de- defensive player he is his, his head wasn't in the game in that series versus the Nuggets I saw him get beat on a lot of back doors so uh, I'm assuming that Paul's going to be sharp and ready for next year and ready to pr- prove the people wrong and, and that's why I said this trade would work now uh, funny story is uh, getting to the next subject uh, was uh, the the Patrick Beverly thing. I'm here in South Beach, and um, so I'm on the beach. I'm sitting there, and I see this guy. Uh, I didn't know it was Pat Bev right away, but he had these gold glasses on and kind of looked like a, a rapper or something like that, you know, like a kind of Beverly Hills, you know, L.A. kind of guy. And then um, uh, as I, like, you know, as I saw him a little bit more throughout the day, I was like, oh, man, that's Pat. That's Pat Beverly. Uh, as I'm sitting on my lounge chair, uh, I get a text that Doc Rivers is fired. And I'm like, oh my God. I, so I'm like, I, you know me, I'm an NBA fan. So I'm like peeking over, seeing if him and his 10 friends are, you know, going to change their energy because they're in a happy mood, kicking a soccer ball around and, you know, kind of drinking, having fun. And they're having a good time, right? And I don't see anybody's, um, you know, reaction. I'm looking for them to be looking at their phones. Nothing. Nobody. So like an hour goes by. And oh my God, you know what? I'm getting up too much time in the sun. I'm gonna go past him. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell him, give him, see if he knows what's going on, because I don't think he knows, right? Obviously, you want to tell the man his coach is fired. So uh, I, I just pass up to him, and uh, he, you know, he was like, "Hey, what's up?" And I'm like, uh, "Man, did you did you hear the news about Doc Rivers?" And you know, all of his friends just quieted down right away, and. <clears throat> I'm like, I'm, and then I ask him, I think I asked him, do you like him? Because <laughs> I want that to get a good feel. I'm like, because I like Doc. And he's like, yeah, man. I like. He's like, I love Doc. I'm like, I'm sorry. Then that's just bad news. <laughs> I said, uh, the coach is fired. I said, I said, the Clippers and Doc Rivers part of ways. And let me tell you something. His face just dropped. And, and I, I was the, the bearer of bad news. And the synchronicity happened that day. And it was very like bad because Pat's one of my favorite players. You know what I'm saying? And I certainly wasn't gonna chop it up too much with him or take a picture because he was in a you know he was in a great mood. And I think I just I ruined that whole day for him. That's how much he liked Doc Rivers. You know his his face dropped like his dad died. 
And it was really like a shock, man. It was a shock to everybody in, in, in the group. And it shows you how revered that Doc Rivers is in, uh, in the basketball world. You know, he's a legend and he's a, he's a probably a, you could tell, he's a guy that gets into you personally, you know. And I saw that. I saw that. It was like a family member, you know, going away. It was, it was almost like, you know, what do we do now? So uh, that was sort of a, a, a uh, uh, outlandish moment. That I would have to be the guy that delivered the the news, and I just felt uh, kind of the need to, uh, and for for any what reason. I am a Pat Bev fan, and and it's uh it's something that that is going to be shaping uh, the next year as well. That that coaching move uh, to the 76ers, and um, I really feel that the Clippers would be better suited getting rid of a guy like Lou Williams and 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 getting rid of Paul George, like I said, and 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 finding a coach. I don't know who the best fit would be for the Clippers. I would have picked Tom Thibodeau, but he's now the coach of the New York Knicks. Anyway, getting to the Lakers, <clears throat> and 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 I know, you know, I've I've certainly pulled them apart sometimes. I said I didn't think they had enough firepower in this in this team. You know, I didn't think so. But uh, the Lakers proved me wrong. Their length, their size, their aggression. I, I one thing I see about the Lakers, and the reason why they're in the play, uh, the the finals right now, is and this is a huge reason. They're getting to loot. They get to loose balls probably better than any any team. And credit the coaching staff for making them play hard. You know, offensive rebounds. They get to the ball like, and it's not just because of their height. They they crash the boards. You know, and and it seems like they get those 50-50 balls better than than other teams. And, you know, juxtaposed to the Clippers, who they weren't getting anything like the, they were the anti-Lakers. So credit that coaching staff uh, of the Lakers. And you know, a lot of people thought the Lakers would be in the finals. I didn't. So congrats to the Lakers for taking care of business and doing it in, in, in pretty distinctive fashion, uh, emphatic fashion. You know, uh, they're there. And they're playing the Miami Heat, of course, which I cannot tell you how impressed I am of the Heat and knocking off the Boston Celtics and getting to the finals. I mean, who thought they can knock off the Bucks? Who thought that they can knock? I mean, I certainly didn't. The Bucks, I thought, were too good defensively for Miami. I thought they were too talented because of Giannis. And uh, man, was I wrong. I mean, I can admit when I'm wrong, and I've been watching basketball for years, and I'm sure there's things that we're never going to find out and reasons why these anomalies happen. But, man, the Bucks going down for me was like the Clippers going down, and Miami not only knocked the Bucks off, but they, they were able to knock off a, a healthy and, and very – very strong and well-coached Celtics team and it was shocking to see the maturity of Tyler Hero what a big game player what a big game rookie I mean how do you how do you put that into words you know it's one of the biggest NBA stories of the year at a bio at center an anomaly another guy creating a new position at a set point center power forward the guy can pass I want him on my team. And what does this say about Miami, the Miami? Oh, I haven't even gotten into Jimmy Butler. I, I and, and I will get to Butler. But what does it say about Pat, Pat Riley and 
Eric Spolstra. You can't not talk about Eric Spolstra. But Miami is up there every single year. It seems they rebuild so quickly. It seems they, they're they just there all the time. Even if they're not a top three team, they're up in the playoffs. They are a wonderful organization that develops their young talent better than, it's almost better than anybody in the league. Pat Riley is a genius. He proves himself as a legend spanning decades as a coach, as a GM. I mean, the guy is a winner. He knows how to pick. He knows how to see. He knows how to, how to, how to prove a culture and, 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 and produce, direct, and write a culture. And he, knows, he knew Spolstra was the man that can be his mouthpiece, that can be his floor general. We're talking about Pat Riley, who's going to go down in, in history books because we see his minions. We see the, the products and the, and the fruits of his labor every single year. And what year showed it better than this special group? The Miami Heat led by an insatiable and, and ferocious Jimmy Butler. I mean, Jimmy Butler. I mean, this guy is a pro. When you talk about two-way monsters... Jimmy is at the top of the list. And I will admit, I have underrated... Uh, Jimmy was always at the top of my list, by the way. But I didn't know he was the elite of the elite. And still, my God. <clears throat> We're talking about a, a man of men. I mean, what a surprise that leading this Miami Heat team on, on defense and and offense, and I mean, he he basically has done everything for the Miami Heat, other than that that Adebayo block on uh, on uh, Tatum at the end of the game. It seems like Jimmy's been there for Jimmy's done everything for this Heat team. I mean, he is a clutch player. That's what when I when I think of Jimmy Butler, I think of clutch. At this point, he's always there to save you. You know, he's always there in the big game. And he seems to be more cool than anyone on the court <clears throat> in those mo in those moments. And collectively as a team, you know, going back to Pat and Eric Spolstra, what a I mean, what a team! And no one is sort of not sort of not getting the ball. They look for the most efficient shot down the court every single time. They defensively and offensively, collectively, they play like a cohesive unit, like a team is supposed to be. And how could you get anything better than this than this Miami Heat team? And yes, they lost in the first first game, and they were not supposed to be here versus the Lakers. But I'm trying to give them as much praise as possible. And I've given the Lakers praise, but we've expected it. We almost expected it from the Lakers, you know. Many people have, but nobody expected it from the Miami Heat. So no matter what they do in this series, they win one game, two game, they're a winner, right? I mean, LeBron and the Lakers are probably going to pick up the chip. But Miami, man, Miami has the moral victory here. They can't lose no matter what. And I don't want to stir up anything with the Miami Heat fans, but there is rumblings that Giannis Anadetokounmpo might be coming next year. We'll see. And if that happens, I might jump over to being a Heat fan because, man, he's one of my top two favorite players, and I'm in Miami all the time. It would make sense, but then I don't want to be a front-running you know, guy. So Anyway, this is Louis Belletta from D-Up. Call me, uh, text me on my... my uh, 
my my Instagram and Facebook, Louis Edward Balletta. I always love hearing from you. And uh, tell me what you think, okay? I'm going to be giving away a Kobe Bryant jersey uh, soon, like in a, a youth jersey. Uh, I'll have a contest for that. But make sure you just, you know, fill me in on the episodes and tell me what you think. And uh, just stay in touch, sit at this table all the time. You help me out. You help me uh, uh, make this show wonderful. You know, you, you the fan. So thank you. And uh, take a seat at the D-Up table next week. I'll be giving you some final stakes. All right? Have a good day, and I'll see you soon.